I want to look at a few verses out of 1 Thessalonians 4 today. I'll ask you a question up front. Are there things that God is calling you to that are contrary to something that may have the full blessing of your friends, be entirely acceptable within the community, and completely legal, but you know in your heart he's asking you to do something different? I find those issues are, are probably the most difficult to confront. Um, in hindsight, I can look back at my college years and I can go, man, by the grace of God, I didn't get kicked out for some of the things I did or arrested, uh, but had the full blessing of my friends. You know, we were, <laughs> we, you know, and, and you're going, I lived in grace during those years. Um, but now I look back and, you know, what an idiot. Uh, at, at some of those things. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to share too many things because I don't think that's beneficial overall. But I, I remember we went through a phase, some of us in northern Minnesota, um, where we loved driving with the lights off at night. And the way to do that is when you're in a section with lots of trees, you look up, you don't look ahead, you look up and just keep it in the middle. And uh, that was excitement for a Minnesota boy. <laughs> there wasn't a lot else going on. Uh, <laughs> but you talk about dumbness. And part of the reason I don't share many stories like that is because somebody else goes, hey, I got to try that. <laughs> I'm just saying that's stupid, don't, okay? Um, but that's, you know, those kind of things you look back years later and you're going, nah. Even if all the friends were going, that's really fun, uh, it's still stupid. Um, but it's much harder for me in this day to look with, you know, certainty at things and go, this is really dumb as a part of my life, even though everybody else may embrace it. But in, in the Lord, I think there's something different here. I think Paul's addressing things like that in, in 1 Thessalonians. Uh, he takes on laziness and, and just goes, you need to get a job. Uh, well, that's paraphrased, but that's, you know, quit living off of others, get a job is kind of the idea. He takes on idolatry, and even though it's fully acceptable in, in the thing around him, and in this particular passage, he takes on sexual immorality, which he says, you know, the Gentiles, just, it's just who they are, how they live. That's the group that he's ministering to. And he's going, this is unacceptable for us. And so taking it back then, when, it, when you catch a thing like that or a concept like that, you have to bring that into some kind of application for today. And so I just I put that out to you before we walk through this. First uh, Thessalonians 4, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God as you are doing, that you do so more and more. 
For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. So he said, we set a standard for you. We laid it out. This is what needs to happen as a part of your lives. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion and lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So he takes this on and just says, we live contrary to that. Maybe fine in the culture, maybe fine with all your friends, might be fine in society, but he says, that's not how we live in the Lord. We walk a different path. Um, it, it's the thing of, it may be embraced, but it may not be what God wants. It may have the full blessing of those around you, but it's just not the way God calls us to live. And so he says, you, you have stepped into something different. You're being asked to live differently. So I go back and I, and I start looking, okay, in the use of our money, what, what does culture say is completely acceptable and what is God asking of us? You know, entertainment is one of those huge things in our culture and we put a lot of energy into that. But the question is, what is godly and what is more cultural? Um, our sexuality is not that much different than the Gentiles. And, and you have to look at it and just go, okay. You know, these, these things that uh, I consider embracing or walking in, what, what is of God and what isn't? And, and I, what I put out to you is that he's declaring to them that they have choices in this. That it's not just a, a thing of, well, you, know, you do however you're made or whatever. No, you, you make decisions that choose one way or the other. And so there is this, this um, opportunity in front of us to consciously choose one path or the other. Uh, our business practices, our family life, all of that, you know, the question is, what's... What can be embraced, but what is of God? And so we, we take those things before him, and we begin to ask him and say, speak to my heart what, how you would have me to live and to embrace this. See, no one transgresses or wrongs his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand, and solemnly warned you. This particular uh, translation uses a, that term avenger that I wasn't familiar with in this passage. And it's, you know, at this stage, having read it one particular version for many years, when I'm reading something different and I catch a word that's different, it's like, what's going on here? And I, I've seldom considered this aspect of things. And so, you know, I'm going, well, is that a decent translation or not? And uh, the term fits for what the best text we have out of the Greek, but the idea is carrying justice out or a punisher. And so there is an aspect of God that walks this through. And I'll read just a bit. It's, for God has not called us to impurity but holiness, Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So he's making this declaration about the Lord, that the Lord doesn't tolerate 
certain things, and, and even though they may be acceptable with our friends, our culture, or legal, he says God still deals with this thing and carries out justice. And so the, in sorting that out, we're kind of going, well, okay, yeah, but uh, Paul calls him daddy, you know. And, you know, I like the warm fuzzies of that. But, you know, I don't like to think of him as the avenger or punisher or carrying out justice in the same terms. But there's the, the same guy wrote both passages. So there's a need to put that together somehow. And um, in Ephesians, I read, let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So he's still declaring them family, but he still operates in this sphere. The challenge for me as I look at that is, is to go, okay, if God, as a parent, still sees us, what is one of the hardest things in our culture right now to, to deal with? Isn't it as parents trying to, to find the line in regard to disciplining children? You know, haven't we been taught for years, you know, you'll, you'll cripple them if you say no. Or you'll, you know, if you shut them down, their creativity is going to be stifled and, you know, you've just ruined the baby. You know, and, and so there's something in us that says, I can't just let this run wild, but where's the line? And, you know, the challenge then as a group is to say, what is, how is God treating, how does he look at this? We're walking through some things in our extended family where I have a couple nephews that at this stage are spending quite a bit of time in jail. Um, I, <laughs> I tend to get nasty about it. Uh, but they're little jerks, you know? And this has been coming for a while. It's just finally playing out. The one grew up fatherless and really had no direction in his life. The other was uh, given everything he's ever wanted and, and was, discipline was no part of the family life. So what's happening now is finally the society is saying, no, nah, we don't accept that behavior. And so they land in jail for beating up their girlfriends and, and their girlfriends land in jail for beating up them. It's goofy, but it is the fruit of, of a lifestyle that was pretty predictable. And I, I look at that and I'm going, if I can't see God as carrying out justice and being willing to punish, I have little hope as a parent to ever see myself in that role of the necessity of exercising justice and punishment in the home. And yet, in a passage like this, we see that that's how God exhibits himself too. So that even though we know he loves us, and even though we have the privilege of calling him daddy, there's a necessity of us also recognizing that he's a just God and that he doesn't just let evil go unchecked. And so at the same time, we've got to bring that into our our lives and acknowledge he does 
look at us and say, this is acceptable, this isn't. And there's a need for us to respond when he speaks thus. And to acknowledge that he doesn't just stand back and say, oh man, I wish they'd do better. But he actually gets involved and participates with us. And so in the same way, if we're going to embrace that, there's got to be embracing as parents that says, um, this, if it's good for God and me, it's also good for my home. Man, it's quiet in here today. Um, that's one of the applications I looked at. Um, it'd be interesting to see what you find. Uh, let's go on, though. Uh, in later, or earlier in this same book, he says, you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you, encouraged and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. He is, Paul is saying, I acted like a dad with you. And he says, earlier, he says, we worked tirelessly in your setting. We didn't take anything from anybody. We didn't mistreat you in any way. There wasn't an ulterior motive when we came. He says, our lifestyle was holy before you. And so he says, that's how we lived, and we were calling you to that kind of lifestyle as well. Earlier, we were singing that song out of Revelation chapter 4 about the elders bowing down and, and casting their crowns before the Lord. That picture in heaven is amazing to me. You know, how you have uh, the angelic beings and you have the, the, uh, the elders, the, the leaders of all just acknowledging the, the awesomeness of God. And, you know, regularly through Scripture, you have different people encountering God, and, and they fall on their face because they're so amazed at who He is and, and the wonder of Him. And yet, in Scripture, there's this knowledge that even though He's so amazing, He chooses to bring us into His presence. He chooses to treat us as family. And so we embrace both sides of this and we acknowledge, I have the wonderful, awesome privilege of relationship with a holy and awesome God. And so my life must move toward His. Not Him just saying, oh, do what you want and come back, you know, we'll just hang out. But rather, He chooses to say, I, I want you to be sons and daughters. And I want you to embrace what I embrace. To, to walk in what I walk in. And so we have these passages like this. So Paul's saying, I've lived like that among you, and, and now I want you to live similarly. His final thoughts in this book are, are this. He says, test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So he says, sort it out. Figure out what's evil in regard to your life and get it out of there. Prepare yourself, position yourself so that when Christ comes, you're, you're there and ready. Position yourself so that there's nothing blocking you. Ready to embrace him. So I, 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 I look at that and uh, yeah, one of the things for me this week when we were praying, even regarding our building,
uh, one of the experiences I had was I felt like early on the Lord told me, uh, put more energy into building powerful people over powerful buildings. Uh, and uh, I was going, well, how do you do that? And one of the thoughts I have is that I think we probably ought to be sending families and individuals overseas for a month or two at a time. But as a church, we could do that. And what would come out of that over a period of years would be a group that understands a world vision. You know, and uh, I'm just, you know, I, I just kind of been walking through those dynamics and Adam Levine walks in and goes, you know, this trip to Vietnam was amazing for me. He'd gone for his brother's wedding and I'm, I'm just going, yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about some things like that, you know, and I'm going, those are tangible steps that we could take forward. But So I've put that out to you and of course it'll be sorted through the, the, uh, the elders and such to say, is this God or not? I, that's fine, I, I submit that, but... Um, what, I, what I just put out to you is that when we read passages like this in Thessalonians, every now and then a word or a phrase might catch our attention in a way that it never has. And we have this responsibility to come back then and say, Lord, of my attitudes and beliefs and values and behavior, what do you want to, to address and it may have, what I'm doing may have the full blessing of everyone around me. That doesn't matter. It's like, well, Lord, will you, what do you speak to this? And in that, then we have that responsibility to respond when we have a clarity as to what he, his, his heart is for us. And it, it, it all has to do with that. He's perfect. He's holy. He's wondrous. And he wants to bring us toward him in that. So let's pray together and we'll ask the worship team to come back. Lord, we thank you for your scripture. It speaks life to us over and over again. I thank you for ones in our midst that have gone into different settings and discovered things that we need to hear. Thank you that uh, we can look in and know that you speak to us by your Holy Spirit and draw us into differences, different lifestyle. We rejoice in that. Bring us into your holiness. Build holiness into our lives. Amen.